<laughs> I am happy, oh so happy. I am pretty and happy and happy. All right, so one, two, <laughs> three. Get the fucking tunes on! Yo, man, turn up the bass, boy! to the happiest what the fuck review show in some time two penalties from ross stewart and an early strike from bailey wright ensured sunland halted a horrific run of form by thrashing second place wigan by three goals to nil in front of almost five thousand sunland supporters isn't that just the sunland way we didn't see it coming but come it did and they'd be discussing a massive win as returning guest dave lawrence i've actually just wrote your name down here as lawrence so how are you lawrence you all right I'm not bad, mate, and to be fair, it's not the worst thing I've ever been called in my life, so I'm taking that. Same. Um, and second of all, it's Sunderland Central Scotland branch social media man, bit of mouthful, Dan Pugh. Dan, um, we're going to go into why it's been an interesting day for both of us, but how are you, first and foremost? Yeah, mate, yeah, uh, very good. Uh, much much better than I've been the last few Saturdays, anyway. Yeah, me too, mate. Very happy. Um, first and foremost, as I kind of alluded to there, um, myself and Dan have an admission to make. I had not planned on going today. I haven't had a weekend off from football for a long time. And technically, I never have my Sundays off because of my job. Um, whereas Danny and the Scotland Sunland Supporters Branch had planned to make today the first away trip. But sadly, due to illness, Dan, not yourself, obviously, someone else in the family, um, not serious illness for people worried, um, was unable to make it. So you weren't able to make it today. I received a text just past eight, I think, asking if I wanted free train tickets and a nice wee free ticket. Lo and behold, it was the one day I thought, ah, oh, bugger, I'm going to have a lie-in. Didn't receive the text till 9.15, and the train was due at 9.37. Dan, how good are we both that we missed that today? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. We've, even before, like, we planned this months ago. I think the branch, you know, we're filling everyone. We planned this before Christmas. I said, we eyeballed Wigan as one. Um, so we brought the trains ages ago. Obviously, got the tickets when they came out on sale. And then uh, yeah, I was looking forward to even with the even with the recent run, looking forward to it anyway. You know, just a day out, the away days. And then yeah, like like I said, my wife just just got ill a bit yesterday. You know, when she was like, not not sure if you should leave me alone. And just to be fair, did, did the husband duty stayed away this morning? Um, couldn't leave on her own. She wasn't very well, but it's like nothing serious. So I thought, right, well, I knew you weren't going, so let's try and get because <laughs> I I was still to lose every I couldn't get the train money back or anything. So I thought. Drop you a text, see if, you, see if you're up and about and see if you can get going. But yeah, uh, bittersweet, very bittersweet day. Uh, Sod's law in it, but at least they won. I was sitting in my bed at like 20 past nine. I'll be completely honest, bollock naked. I says to Ashley, can you get me to Motherwell by 9.53? And she's like, I don't know. I was like, what if I just don't shower? And I'm not going to lie, I'd been to the gym last night and hadn't showered, so I would have smelled absolutely horrific. And she was like, well, if you leave the next two minutes, I'm thinking, do I put the jeans on? Do I put the jeans on? And obviously, Phil's text me going, come on, you can get them other well. And I went, you know what? Executive decision, no. I'm, I'm not going to leave Wigan sad, depressed, sweaty and smelly. 
and yet I wish I kind of had, because it would have been a story to tell. But that's a lesson to everyone. There's a free ticket going, no matter what happens and no matter how bad you smell, just take it. Um, But away from the disappointment, Dan, we did manage to catch the game. Superb performance. Um, I can't even believe I'm saying it, but at the same time, I kind of can, because it's Sunderland. Um, What did you make of the performance, Dan? Yeah, like I said, just completely unexpected slash expected at the same time in a, in a, mm-hmm. in a weird way. Like I was t- texting my dad before the game and he was like saying, you know, have a good day. And I was telling him, oh, yeah, I'm going. He's like, like, watch this, we're going to win this, watch. Um, but yeah, performance just from start. I mean, you can say from start to finish because literally it was from start. You know, the early goal was exactly what they needed. Um, and it was just complete difference to what we've had in the last couple of weeks in terms of discipline, organisation, but then confidence as well. I think as the game went on, they realised... Yeah, it is Wigan, and obviously they're they're a good team. They're, they're doing really well, but we just could stood up. We just knew we could stood up to everything, and I think as the game went on, we just got better and better in terms of just just stopping them and just and just swatting them down. So completely out of the blue, but yeah, in terms of performance, just uh, just incredible to be honest. All all rounds was just really really good. It's it's a huge juggernaut of a club, and and sometimes people look at the fan base and the mood of the fan base, but I think. I'm obviously a very strong defender of the fan base, incredibly, but I suppose in some ways, confidence that can come from the club as a whole, that's the club in terms of the team, the manager and and the fans as a whole. Sometimes confidence can make a huge difference. And and Dave, I think today, what was really vital was the fact that we bagged after two minutes. For some reason, the confidence that was not there previously, Dave, was there because we scored so early and it was like, hang on, we're actually a really good team. We've done these twice. Like Max Power couldn't do nothing for us when he was here, really. No offense, Max. Um, and there's players on the pitch, you know, that are good players, but we can beat these. We've done it before. And I think that early goal had a whole lot to do with it. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, mate. I, I saw someone tweet earlier on this morning and they were like, I took, everyone's writing Sunland off. Because, and that's understandable, we'd won one in 10 before today, I think. So I totally understand the negativity. But also, he made probably quite a valid point. League One is just shit. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing really good about it. Okay, Rotherham are, are savvy. They're probably the most savvy team going when it comes to League One football. They're proving it week in, week out. And Wigan, to a degree have had that as well, not giving up to the last minute. Good team spirit, that's fair enough. Sunderland, I suppose, have, have always been a bit more, especially this season, and in what Lee Johnson tried to bring along to the table, more of a luxury side, kind of. When things are going well, we're very, very good. When things are going bad, we're just a little bit soft. And I suppose that's where... I've, I've read up a little bit on, uh, on the Echo earlier... And basically it said that Jamalji and Bailey Wright formed a no-nonsense centre-half pairing. And I suppose that's probably a good description of like how we were tenacious today, how we were a little bit more streetwise, a little bit more savvy. Um, and of course, we do have the players who can play good quality football. And it's just finding that balance, isn't it? And I must admit, since he's come in, everything that I've heard Alex Neil say I'm totally on board with. I'm totally on board with what he says, how he says it, how he delivers it. And yeah, hopefully that, I, I think he actually tweeted the other day um, that don't be surprised if we go on a five-game winning run 
it's too late. Unfortunately, it's shit because it's too late. But don't be surprised because I think he has got the right idea. And dare, <laughs> dare I say it, and dare I lose us like 200 subscribers so I don't get me 20 pence a week anymore. The chances are, the chances are that it's probably going to be good practice for next season. And I think Alex Neal's probably the right man to like maybe push on. But that's just the optimism I have at the end of every season. And that's me being pessimistic, saying we're not going to go up. Let's be honest, if we're in form and we get in the playoffs, it's normally the form side. And let's, hey, I don't think anyone will. But if someone manages to dislodge Wigan from second, Wigan in the playoff final, good record this season. I'm up for it. Yes, please. Thank you very much. I'll have that. Um, <clears throat> no offence, Wigan. Um, I think <laughs> you like everything Alex Neal said. I just love him because he's, he's got me the, that gif slash meme, whatever you want to call it, whatever the internet hipsters call it these days, which I'm probably one of. Um, when he just goes, uh, you need to grow up. You need to put your big boy pants on and get on with it because it just works in every situation. Um, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. But, but Dan... I've been getting a bit of jip online today, shock horror, uh, but I think a few people have, to be fair, and it's all in good nature, to be honest. Because um, I've got to be honest, as you can see by my tweets, because I haven't deleted it, um, I was absolutely baffled by Alex Neal's starting 11. I couldn't fathom Sutton Winchester at fullback when Try Evans, uh, Try Evans, uh, Try Hume, that's his name, uh, when Try Hume had looked all right in the games he played. And I really couldn't fathom Corey Evans in midfield because he's been honking and he's hooked in the past couple of games. So I thought, well, he's bound to you know, change it in some way. Although it worked out, just to kind of get your thoughts on what the team was before kickoff, were you surprised at the start of 11? Um, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I think I had the same reaction as probably 95% of the fans did. As you're saying, it wasn't a selection that we thought, well, here we go, and, you know, this is this is going to get as a result today. But uh, talking about what Neil's been saying, I wasn't that surprised that he did pick that because I just don't know what he... The big surprise was putting Jamazi and, you know, when Doyle not even on the bench and then sticking with Evans because, like I say, he has been hooking him, but he left him in. Um, the rest of it, I, I, knew, I mean, it was pretty obvious he was going to go back to... DePaul was never going to start today, I don't think. I think that, that was a pretty clear decision. Um I was surprised Clark didn't start over Embleton, but maybe it was, you know, I'm sure there was reasons. And, and Hume, like you say, uh, I've been impressed with him as well. And what I've liked about him when I've seen him as well is he's got a good cross on him. And, you mm -hmm. know, when you've got Stuart in there and you think to the games like today, as, as we saw, we were never going to win from maybe all open play. It was maybe going to be from set pieces, balls in the box, which is, you know, where we got. So, yeah, I think it was it, 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 it was surprising. And it wasn't just in the way that Alex Neal's been talking Um I guess when you say it's surprising, it was probably disappointing, but but not surprising, just based on who is available, uh, what we've been doing the last couple of weeks. But as I said, it works out, and that it worked out in the end, and that's the main thing. But um, be interesting. And it, uh, what I did like about it is it wasn't, it, it did look different on paper than than they actually played it, and I was impressed with that in the, in the first half. And I'm not I'm sure we'll come on to it, but you know the formation was fluid with and without the ball, so. You know, it was very much a flat 4-4-2 I saw without the ball. And Pritchard was kind of staying up with, with Stewart. But then with the ball, he was, you know, buzzing about everywhere. So that had a good effect, you know, I think. Because he, when he's playing as a winger or, you know, a wide player, he just doesn't work with Pritchard for me. But, yeah, I mean, to your original question, it was it was surprisingly slash disappointing. But I, at the same time, I don't know what else he would have done much differently. Um, I, I think... Out. 
Clark was probably the main one, and, and Try Hume. I'll always want to see Jermaine Defoe start. I'm a massive Jermaine Defoe fanboy. Um, no one will be surprised to hear that, but I can kind of understand that. Obviously, the two up top didn't necessarily work on um, Wednesday, so and you, you kind of drop off Stewart because he pretty much, as we as we sing, um, he is the best on earth and continues to prove it. Um, Dave Jamali. Uh, 18 month, I think he's been here, or 18 months since he's had his injury, which is pretty much as he walked in. To kind of paint a picture, I think that's difficult for anyone to be out for 18 months. He's a young kid. Um, he's about 11, 12 years younger than me at best. He's moved over from a completely foreign country to a completely foreign league and is now under his third manager. Um, he's also done all of that during lockdown. He's came out of today's came out of today's game as many people's man of the match, and not because of all of that, because he genuinely was a bit of a colossus at the back today, and were, kept a clean sheet for the first time in a long time. Um, I think it was definitely the right decision to take Doyle out. Not that I dislike Doyle; he's just not good. He's a kid; he needed it. But forget that for a minute. How much credit does our Bennett Shamali deserve today, Dave? Yeah, I mean. Like I say, the amount of negatives you've just put in put into the set into the statement to come out with even a, an average performance, but to to have a standout performance, I think is a huge credit to him. And also, let's be honest, probably is a huge credit to Alex Neil as well. Um, it probably takes a very very brave manager to actually make that decision today, um, based on the fact that he knows the lack of game time that he's had. Um, don't even think he's been doing much for the under-23s either, has he? So, you know, to come out of the wilderness effectively and complete 90 minutes, keep a clean sheet, something we haven't done for quite a long time. Yeah, um, we'd heard whispers, didn't we, when we signed him, that he was actually a very, very good footballer um, and probably a bit of a steal, which we've heard plenty of times before. So, yeah, massive credit, massive, massive credit. And um, just... Uh, I think a little shout out to Patterson today as well. I think Patterson did very well. Um, I know, I think it was the first, first half, he had a little bit of a, maybe he's a crisis in confidence just for a split second. But other than that, yeah, very, very impressive from him as well. So it's, it's hugely important, hugely important to have the spine of the team right constantly throughout. And if that's come from, Arby and Bailey right dear. We all know that Ross Stewart leads the line superbly. A um, couple of penalties to, to boot as well. Very well taken penalties as well. Uh, yeah, it was nice to see the spine working so well today, I guess. And I think, just to allude to what Dan said earlier, when it came to Embleton, that's definitely something that um, Alex Neal's kind of identified, that his quality from wide areas is very good. Uh, I think the last couple of times and was at the equaliser against Burton. Um, cut on, on the right-hand side, cut onto his left foot and knocked the ball in. MK yeah, Don. It was MK Don, sorry. Um, and he's identified it because when he's tried, when he's been come off the bench, I think he did come off the bench against Burton as well, didn't he? Uh, Embleton. And again, he was trying to get him in them forward, advanced right areas onto his left foot and get the ball in early. Um, so, yeah, it's obviously something he thinks he's, he can work at. But I agree with Dan completely as well. Pritchard, he's, uh, them white, his delivery's great. We know his delivery's great. But 
you just lose a bit of effectiveness once he starts roaming out wide or when he's actually identified to play out there, you know. So, uh, but yeah, just to stop ranting. Yeah, I think Arby was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I, I do as well. And Dan, same question to you, because I really want to, I really want to home in on Arby's performance because I think just from a, a human perspective, <laughs> like I, I can't imagine what the the time has been like for him playing over the well, or not playing, sorry, or being here and just the the pandemic was really hard on a lot of people's mental health. Um, we've seen Luke on nine post something about being injured and, and how it affected him and how he he questioned these. Um, oh, I can't remember the exact words, but he, he was kind of questioning if he's a footballer and he's not playing as even a footballer and stuff like that goes through his head. And I, and I thought it was a great post by Luke on nine, to be fair. Our Bennett Jamal, he's probably gone through that for 18 months in a foreign country, not playing football, young kid, wondering if his career is ever going to really work out. And let's not forget, he's playing in League One. He's not exactly playing at a high level. So he can't really go much further down. Um, but I've just been really impressed by the fact that not just he made through 90 minutes, that he was so good today. How impressed were you? Yeah, no, really impressed. And it's a good point. And it's something I'd probably, I hadn't really thought of. Like I said, when you lay it out like that, for the time he signed, what he's gone through in terms of managers, new country, injury, pandemic, you know, when you put it like that, it is, it is bloody impressive. And he does every, deserves every praise he's got today because... Um, not just for the performance, but for all that building up to it. And what I liked about him today was, and, and to be honest, I think it was a, good, a really good game for him. And that's probably where, what Dave was saying, where it comes into Alex Neal with a big call. Because if we'd have played against someone else and you put him in, you know, teams who've got, I can't think of the top of my head, but, you know, quickie, quick pacey, tricky strikers. But today it was just McGuinness. Uh, and Will Keane wasn't really playing as, as high up, but he just it was just a battle for him. And that really helped him. I think that that's a great way. Same way with Bart when he came in. I know it was a, a very different circumstances, but. Um, it was a perfect game for him, and you saw his confidence grow throughout the game. Because, and you've got to look at it as well. Like with us in the previous few seasons, we've gone further down in the, in the pizza cups and the other cups and stuff. If we'd have been doing that, he probably would have been playing a bit more. But because we were out of those cups, you know, before Christmas or whenever it was, that's been taken away from him. And obviously, you know, with, with Johnson here and Neil when he first came in, didn't want to put him into the league, league, league games. But today he thought, right, let's do it. It was really, really good, and you could see him. Like I thought, like is he just going to be there just to win everything on the, you know with his head, and that's it? But then as the game went on, you could see the whole confidence in the back four was growing. He was great with Sirk, and they had a few kind of maybe miscommunications in the first ten minutes or so, maybe a bit kind of slow off the ball. But then, and, and with Patterson and with Bailey right, he just grew in confidence throughout the game, and he even you know getting the ball to his feet, he was playing out nicely, playing it around, um, and just got better and better as the game went on. So yeah, I mean you can't. I don't think you can give him enough praise for him. And like I say, you can you can isolate it as a night performance and say, yeah, eight, nine out of ten. But then you can put it into that perspective, as you've said, in terms of his career at Sunderland. And you know, it, it can kind of, it's more than ten out of ten. You can't really put a rating on it because of what he's been through. So all credit to the lad. And uh, yeah, hopefully this is a, a good start for him to continue on. Fair play, I'll be if you're listening. I always say that and I bet you they never do. You'd be right <laughs> not to, to be fair, because nine times out of ten, it's a bit for misery, this is. But if you're listening to data, it's a good pod. And we're always like this. We're always just happy. I'll be We've always loved you this much. Don't worry. Um, even in the bad run, on a serious note, Dan, uh, Jim Teddy has continued to impress. I, I know last week he, he made the mistake for the second MK Don's goal. I think some people attributed both. My, my personal opinion was that the first one was actually a foul. Um, but I've really liked that he's he's took those risks, if I'm honest, sometimes and and tried to play the ball. And 
I think for a 19-year-old kid, he's been really impressive and his arrival wasn't exactly covered in social media coverage unless you class wee Philly thinking he was Jermaine Defoe, um, which is quite funny, to be honest. But he, he looks a real deal, doesn't he, Jamie Teddy? I love him. I absolutely love him. I think he's, he's superb. And like, yeah, since he's come in, I think that he was in the bench for his first game and I think he started mm-hmm. every game since then. Is that right? That's um, right. Yeah, he's, he's, just, he's just bang on, isn't he? And I, I don't want to be negative because it's a great win today. I think it helps when he plays alongside someone like Corey Evans because he stands out more probably because of stuff that he does. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think I think he's superb. Like he got booked in what the first 10, 15 minutes today, but didn't affect his game at all. And, and to be fair, it's probably a bit of an unfair booking. Like never a book like that. He, yeah, it was the header, wasn't he? Maybe a high foot, but they were pulled out. But anyway, yeah, he's just he's just you think he can't do something, and, and the commentators alluded to it as well. Like. He's, he's, he's here, there and everywhere. And again, same with Arby. Like, it was a good game for him today because he likes the physical side of it and he gets stuck in. But he just seems to have like limbs that go on for about two foot longer than they should do. Like You can see him every 50-50. You, you, you know it's not really a 50-50 because he's got... He just seems to get there. Oh, he can stretch out a bit longer. But he's just really good. His energy is good. Um, I think he's, he's still learning the game a bit, maybe attacking-wise, he can probably be a bit better composure-wise when he get. Maybe that's not his game yet, I don't know, but there was a couple of times when he he got into the final third, he probably shouldn't have been there, but uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's exactly what we want as a player, and, and he, that was a game for him today, like, because it was just battling, 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 covering every bit of grass, and uh, and just getting stuck in, and just and just, just, just mouthing off as well. As noticed in the second half, he had a bit, he was going on and on with, with power for a little bit for a while, which is good, because that's what we've not We've not done. And if he's, what, 19, 20-year-old doing it, it's about time Yeah, we had some players doing that. So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do the rest of the season and then, you know, win the next season, whatever division we're in, because I think he's a player we need to build that midfield around because, yeah, I think he's really, really, really promising and I really like him. Yeah, me too. I really, really like him, actually. Um, and I'm prepared for him to make those occasional mistakes. I know it lost us the game last week, but it was probably the only thing he really did wrong, if I'm completely honest. And it's just... It's just such lower, I think, sometimes, isn't it? But um, Dave, Dan, Dan touched on something there um, about Matete having a bit of a goal Max Power, which, I've got to be honest, really enjoyed, um, especially if Max Power's antics on the, the first penalty. Like, what are we doing, Max? Um, but I really like today, and I know we whinge about it from every other team and we hate it, but I actually really enjoyed when we were just a bit shithouses today. Alex Neal on the touchline, a bit of a shithouse today. Um, time wasting you had Pritchard was maybe taking each knock that he got quite well but ultimately it's what we would call if it was Wickham or someone else and we'd been beating 3-0 we'd say you know what good game management that like the amount of times Patterson took the sting out of the game I think Mickey Luff tweeted about it totally took the sting out of the game but just polishing the ball sitting on it taking his time and that's game management like every team does it it's not cheating it's game management it's frustrating when it's happening to you but we don't do it enough and we haven't done it for a long time Dave um, how pleasing was that to see a little bit of shit house really? Yeah, definitely. It it all alludes back to like the beginning of the season when everything was going well. The the swagger that you play with and it it's absolutely amazing, isn't it? My dad, my dad's seventy two year old, and he wouldn't believe in like sports psychology and all that type of jazz. But it's massive. It's absolutely massive because they're going to be prepared to do it more. If things are going their way, the problem that Sunderland have and something that needs addressing, and hopefully Alex Neil manages to do that with a lot of this group of players, because there's enough quality within that squad to do something in this league. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, there's a bit of 
Deadwood, as most squads do have, and you need to improve on them. But when something's not going your way, can we? And and that's what's going to come. It's listen. It's I'm not comparing whatsoever, but I would imagine there's an older generation of people who would say, going back to Roker Park, that if things aren't quite going your way and you've got a team and someone like fully bloody thunders into someone in the middle of the park, it lifts the crowd. Matete gives you that. Do you want to know something? For as much grief as we've given, first six games of the season, Corey Evans was like that. He actually gave us a bit of grit and determination in the middle of the park with some huge challenges. And it just gets everyone on side. It gets everyone up for it. And sometimes that's what we need. That's why everyone's going to fall in love with Jim Atete very quickly because he is all out, gung-ho. It's that street football, isn't it? Wayne Rooney, when he was a kid, you just want the ball at your feet. You want to be excited by it. You want to be, you know, and, and that's what Matete is bringing. It's a youthful exuberance. It's a, it's really nice to see. So, yes, bring it on. Everyone needs it. Everyone, every team needs it. Listen, how many times would you have said the amount of cliches and people I've brought out uh, <laughs> that I've brought out here? But it's, it's just like Robbie Savage. <laughs> you didn't want, you didn't want Robbie Savage to play against you. But Jesus Christ, hilarious. We're just laughing at something on Twitter, by the way. I don't know whether we're going to edit that or just leave it to your own imagination. Just it, it, And we're talking about shithouse. What we're actually laughing about is we're laughing about a bit of banter online, which <laughs> it's been quite good today to wind people up for once. I mean, Paul Kendrick, a journalist, I know a few people have been giving a bit of jip. He's actually a really lovely fella, super lovely guy, but him doing a lot of whinging about certain things that Sonnen done today, it's just been like, oh man, just inject it. Like, cause I'm sick and tired even on the other end of it. And it's been like that for so long. Um, and I really, I really enjoy it. Um, we do like to have a bit of a shit sandwich, Dan. And there is always a negative somewhere. This is the only negative I could really pull from today. Ross Stewart, yet again, bagging two goals. He's on about 100 goals this season now, I think, something like that. Um, he's obviously got to play for Scotland, if you're listening, Steve Clark. Um, this time, both well-taken penalties from the penalty spot. Another good game. Um, he's all on play, brilliant again. If we don't go up, though, which we still might, how difficult is that going to be to hang on to Ross Stewart? Uh, impossible. It's I not impossible. It's not difficult. It's it's a, it's an old brainer. He's gone. Um, I thought that in my head today watching the game, and I was like, and I've seen in the last couple of weeks, and I listened to your pod the other day, and we were talking, we were talking about him. It. It's like people were saying, obviously he's had a few quiet games, but he's, he hasn't because like, he he gets dragged down to the level the team are playing. But yet he still scored against Edgon, Emkadon, still scored against Burton two a day, and it's like he has never never stopped. And today, actually, in the first half, I know he's been doing it all season long. But well, that was a absolutely brilliantly defensive play from a striker in that first half today that I've not seen in a long time, even from him, which that's high standards because he's been doing it all year long. So, yeah, I mean, if we, playoffs or not, if we don't go up, as much as I don't want to say, I think that's his, that's his career over because the club aren't going to be in a position to turn down any offer for him and there's going to be plenty of them, whether it's championship, whether it's back up in Scotland. Um, rather than you know, teams coming up from this league are going to take him because they've seen him. You know, close up. So, sorry, Dan. I'll, I'll tell you exactly now who signs Ross Stewart, and it, it'll be for him. It'll be a luxury because it'll be more money 
doesn't have to move far away from home, Middlesbrough will be all over him like an yeah. absolute shot. They are so null and void of a centre forward, a mobile centre forward. Chris Wilder does everything he has to get him. That's my call if we don't get promoted. Yeah, that's a good show, actually. Yeah, I could see that. Do you know who he reminds us of? Um, Roscoe. And I know a few people have said he's the best we've had since. In term, I know it's a different level, but a few people have compared him like the way Quinny was with his touch and stuff like that. But I was watching him today, and there's two players that he reminds us of. One used to play for Sunderland, um, and one that has had a similar trajectory to playing in League One and gone up the leagues and now has a really good international career. So first and foremost, Kiefer Moore. I remember seeing him for Barnsley a few years back when we beat them 4-2, when Madger scored that absolute scream of a goal where he just, like, two touches. Oh, God, I miss you, Josh. Come back. Um, don't leave us, Josh. Um, but he's, <laughs> the ability that Kiefer Moore had, you thought, a oh, big lump, massive bloke, but he was, like, proper mobile. Every touch he made was thought about. He brought other people into the game, and he was just always on the front foot when it came to, like, going towards goal as well. So mine says that, but if you talk about ex them players, I know this might be a strange comparison because he was, he was, he was probably a different player. People might laugh at this, but his touch, his ability, the way he holds himself, it reminds me a bit of Kenwin Jones. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, I can see that, and actually, what I was going to go on to say, and, and this is where I just twigged when you, as soon as you say Kenwin Jones, there is it isn't. Because it's not always crisp what he does. It, it works like his touch and his, his laying off is always effective. It just looks a bit kind of unorthodox and a bit mm-hmm. kind of like he doesn't know how to play football. Our technique is not there, and that's what Ken was a bit like. Just a bit like obviously Ken was a bit of a bit bit of a different stature, but you put it into his feet and he's going to control it and he's going to lay it off out wide or back to into the field every time. It doesn't look pretty every time, but it it, it, it works. It goes. It's hundred. You know, he, he gets it and. Um, from that aspect, yeah, that kind of his play, I can see where you're coming from with the Cameron Johnson. I would agree on that. Um, and Kiefer Moore as well, yeah, it's same kind of thing. And and hopefully that's the career he has, like you said, like through the leagues. And you talk about Scotland there, and he's got to be knocking the door. But I think for our sake, let's wait till he, <laughs> he can go and play for the next season. <laughs> let's get through because you know Sazlo will get called up in these these next few games. Uh, and something will happen. But um, ah, he's he's uh, he's incredible, isn't he? I just love yeah. If you want another comparison, talking about like that kind of gangly, rangy type striker who was always very effective. And well, I'm going back to yesteryear. Paolo Wanchop. Paolo Wanchop. Who was it, Ibrahimovic? No, well, <laughs> to be honest, mate, it's, it's just a Ross Stewart world and we're all living in it. I kind of believe none of us said Pogba. But... <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. But Ross, um, I really hope that you continue with us. Um, I hope that it's, we have a really good run and we, we go on and you stay with us because I really love you. Um, we love you, Ross. Don't leave us, you bastard. <laughs> please, don't don't, please don't go, Ross. Um, <laughs> please don't go. Um, <laughs> that wasn't in the script. Um, just to f- sort of finish, obviously, I'll, I'll come to you, Dave, and then and, and say to yourself, Dan, um, we needed that win desperately. Yes, it was a good win. Yes, it was against Wigan. Yes, the performance was good, but you know what? I think today I would have took a shitty 1-0 win. The fact that it was a good win, the fact that it was a good performance all round, had loads of positives. Patterson got his, I think, his first clean sheet in this run of games he's played, which is massive. Jamali played 90 minutes. Roscoe got two goals. Um, Pritchard back in the middle. 
even like the Corey Evans, that'll give him a bit of confidence today. And, and like you said before, like I think I think we have hammered him sometimes, but he, he did have a decent start to the season before he inevitably broke down like many of us expected he might. But don't take it in the wrong way, Corey. Like we we'll hope that that gives you a bit of confidence and we hope that it does with the whole team and it's not a flash in the pan. Um, but ultimately, no matter how it came, we desperately needed a win um, and we got it today. Can we, and it's the age-old question, Dave, but can we now put together a strong run and maybe, just maybe, go into the playoffs as the form team and perhaps even, because Alex Neal does like them, he's won three of them, I think, win the playoffs? I mean, everyone listening now, everyone's just listened to your little rousing speech there and given every fact going, and next week we get beat 2-0, so... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just couldn't resist everything you were saying there, and I'm like, Charlton away next week, yeah. Hi, it is Charlton. It is Charlton, <laughs> mate. So, um, yeah, mate. Listen, the quality's there. We've been on good runs this season. We've done all right. There's no arguing the fact that it's not. If Alex Neil can get us a bit more streetwise and a little bit less David Brentism, you know, sharks, <laughs> sharks on a Monday, um, then yeah, why not? But listen, you know, Wigan are a chance to. <sighs> what Wigan fans won't thank me for it. They're 75% of the way there. They just don't have to royally do a Sunland. Do you know what I mean? Don't do a Sunland, lads. You're going to get promoted. It's as simple as that. Hey, please um, do a Sunland because we're only seven points behind. So they've got yeah, three exactly. games in hand, but just duff all your games in hand up. Completely <laughs> mess up your season. And if, let's have a look, MK Dons and Oxford can do the same. And if Sheffield can knock off with that decent level of foam, I'm pretty confident. <laughs> so listen, we're going to have a chance to go up a second. We've, we've played very well today and there's no reason that we shouldn't. We're not scared of anyone. On our day, we can beat anyone. That includes Rotherham, that includes Chef Wed, and that was before Alex Neil came in. So, yeah, if we if we get to the playoffs, history tells me that we're going to fuck up at some point, probably the final, probably in the 94th minute. But I think we've got every chance, mate. I think we've got every chance if we can get a little bit of consistency and we don't become Jekyll and Hyde. I think, outlandish statement, and it shows you how much things can change, but when we're on form, i.e. Sheffield at home today, Wigan at the start of the season, um, you know, when we've had those big wins, like beating Wickham at home earlier in the season, when we're good, I think we're the second best side in the league, and that's been proven by the fact we beat Wigan three times. I don't think it was good as Rotherham. I don't think we're anywhere near. I don't think anyone is. Um... But I think on form, we're the second best team in the league, which means going into the playoffs, as you just said before, there's no one that we should fear. There's times I've we've gone into the playoffs here and I've feared Pompey. I feared Charlton because they're on form. I was right about Charlton. I was wrong about Pompey. Last year, I was a bit feared of Lincoln because I knew how good of a season they'd had and that they just dropped off a little bit. I was kind of proven right with that and I was feared of Blackpool. If I'm honest, and this is famous last words, Currently, the playoffs would be MK, Dons, Oxford, Sunderland, Chef Red. Below that, you've got Plymouth, Wickham, Ipswich. I'm not concerned by any of those teams if Sunderland play the way that they can. It's a massive if. It's massive. Because if we don't do the Sunderland that we can be, we are one of the worst sides in the league based <laughs> on recent forms. But the players we've got, the form we can produce, there shouldn't be anyone if we're on form going into the into the playoffs. But I'm saying that after three 0 win at Wigan, fast forward three weeks and I'm doing a podcast about the great times of something because I don't want to do a match review because I hate <laughs> everything so much. But um, but 
Dave, Dan, thanks very much for, for popping on. It's been really nice to have a, a nice podcast. Um, before I leave, people say you shouldn't bring politics into football and stuff like that, but um, I'm sure I echo a lot of people's sentiments here when I say, like, all of our thoughts and all of our power with, with the people of Ukraine at the moment. Um, it's terrific, everything we've seen on TV, and um, the quicker Putin gets to, um, for want of a better Glaswegian phrase, the better. Um hope that we don't see the scenes much longer but um in the best way that I can wish i could do more i'm behind you and i'm sure everyone on the call is today as well um in terms of football happy happy as larry dave happy as larry dan thanks for joining us how are the lads can we say that how are the lads and um I know I'm going to do a good intro for this. I've had it all day, so I hope you enjoyed the intro. Um, Dave <laughs> and Dan don't know what it is yet, but get the fucking tunes on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you! Thank you.